Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports, is back in your life. Ron Crook joined by the New York Giants' all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and Super Bowl 37 champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Rondé Barber. Well, fellas, it took until week 13 for the first teams to be officially eliminated from the playoffs. Our condolences to the uh, Chicago Bears and the Houston Texan fans who will have to wait until next year, but... Recapping last week, we saw some trendy underdogs fail with the New York Jets and the Titans. And then we saw another classic between Kansas City and Cincinnati, Bengals covering at home. Anything jump off the page at you from week number 13, Tiki? Yeah, Mike Tomlin is a marvel. This season felt like that one where he finally was going to have a losing season. Kenny Pickett was throwing interceptions left and right after he took over. But now you look at them. They're five and seven. They haven't had a turnover in four weeks. And their remaining schedule is Baltimore, Carolina, Las Vegas, Baltimore, and Cleveland. They're going to finish the season above 500 again. It's unbelievable, Mike Tomlin. Uh, At this point, it shouldn't be surprised by it. He's had bad teams in the past. I think that that last Ben Roethlisberger team was terrible. (laughs) They're still above 500. He just kind of is what he is. He's great with his players. And somehow later in the year, every single year, he gets them playing their best football. Whatever I mean, sometimes that best best football is playoff level football. And sometimes it's 500 football. And just he's one of the greatest, man. Just plain and simple. My takeaway, this Raiders turnaround is troubling me because I completely wrote them off, dude. They were the worst team Coach is going to get fired after two months of being back as a head coach. And now they've rolled off three in a row. They got a top 10 offense. And like Tiki mentioned last week, Josh Jacobs is a leading rusher in NFL out of nowhere. It's the NFL is a, a league of up and downs. It's always been week to week, but it's pretty surprising this year. <laughs> Some of the turnarounds and crashes that we've seen this year. And just mentioning only two teams are out of it. That's what's crazy. And I didn't mention my Broncos, which I'm not a math major, but somebody do the math how they're not eliminated yet. But you're exactly right. A couple of teams that we and I think most experts wrote off the Steelers and the Raiders are still hanging around. 
As we roll into week 14, there are three teams, guys, that could clinch a playoff spot. They are the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Kansas City Chiefs if things go their way. Six teams get the weekend off. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, and Washington. So only 13 games as week 14 kicks off. And really, crunch time, pressure beginning to mount with teams looking to keep their playoff hopes alive, battling for division titles. And of course, others are fighting for a home field advantage. And there's your tease. That's where we will begin after the Kansas City Chiefs lost again to the Cincinnati Bengals for the third time in 12 months. The 9-3 and three Buffalo Bills find themselves the number one seed in the AFC after getting that win against the Patriots on Thursday night football. The well-rested Buffalo Bills welcome in division rival New York, who are 7-5 and five and currently guys sitting in third place in that really jam-packed AFC East behind the Bills and the Dolphins. The Jets quarterback Mike White rallied them from a 20-3 deficit in Minnesota, who just came up short after going one for six in the red zone. Now they have to pull off a big upset to stay in the hunt. All right. Superbook opened up week 14 in this game with the Jets and Bills. Opening odds, Buffalo minus nine and a half and the total sitting at 45. That number, fellas, has not moved. Buffalo still a nine and a half point favorite. The point total has gone down to 44. Buffalo minus 450 on the money line in New York plus 375. All right, guys, how do you feel about those Jets and their chances to catch Buffalo with five games to play and a rough schedule ahead? Well, let's face it. They already beat the Buffalo Bills once this season. That was with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Now, there's some nuance to that if you didn't see the game because Josh Allen was a turnover machine, one going in towards score, which kept points off the board, and another in, uh, in their tight red zone, giving the ball back to the Jets, who had were, you know created a score opportunity for them. So those two bad interceptions were what really opened the door for the Jets to win that earlier game. But this Jets team is better. They're playing great football. Defensively, they can get after the quarterback. Quentin Williams already has nine sacks from the D-tackle position, which is the most among D-tackles in football right now. And Sauce Gardner is one of the best corners that we've seen in the last probably half a decade playing great as a, as a rookie out there. This will all come down to quarterback play. Will Josh Allen, who has been a turnover machine in some regards this season, revert to the player that was the MVP? Or will he still find a way to make mistakes in crunch time? And if Mike White can put, be the Mike White that brought them back almost to a victory last weekend against the Minnesota Vikings, then this Jets team with a great defense, they can compete and they can find a way, even though it's on the road, beat the Bills again. It's going to be tight. This is a tough one to really handicap because you know that the Bills are the better team per se, but the Jets, sometimes they just play above themselves. I'm going to preview my choice here at the end, but nine and a half in this game just seems crazy to me. I, I mean, I know that Josh Allen has curbed those turnovers uh, that he's had the last uh, mm-hmm. month and a half of the season, last three weeks. He's only got one one, uh, one interception. He's looked fine. If you watch that Thursday night game, God bless you, because it was boring as hell. But they looked methodical, you know, 38 to 22, I think, time possession in that, in that football game. It was just this methodical beatdown. The defense finally looked like they looked at the beginning of the year, made Mac Jones coming off his best game look like Mac mm-hmm. Jones. 
<laughs> that normally looks. And so you, you feel encouraged about Buffalo. Like maybe they hit the switch, right? But I look at this Jets team, not just because the quarterback, Mike White, is playing well, but because everybody else on the team is playing well. Who knew that Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis were actually good receivers? Mm-hmm. The past two weeks, like you maybe knew that, Tiki. Garrett Wilson, 257 yards of two touchdowns. All in. Right? Just ball. Corey Davis, that fourth down catch that he had to give them a chance to go in and win that game was like, who is this football team on yeah. offense? I, I never saw that before. And your guy, Tiki, he's a Nobian white or knight. The guy is. Oh, a Just call him Bam. Bam is a superstar, bro. I had no reason to believe in this Jets team until I watched them. We knew their defense is good. We knew that Robert Sala coach defense was going to be good. You you mentioned that already. But in the two games that Mike White has started, 486 yards of total offense, 466 yards of total offense. They hadn't done that one time under Zach Wilson. I don't care about the wins, beating Buffalo, whatever. They hadn't put up that many yards in his time in, at the Jets. And now look what they're doing. I mean, they could have won that game. They should have won that game last week. It's like they chose to lose. But it does set up a great matchup this week against what everybody is saying is the best team in the AFC. Well, and in that first meeting between these two division rivals, the Jets, as Tiki said, not only won outright, but easily covered the 10 and a half points. So now the Bills get maybe a revenge game. The odds currently, according to Superbook.com, Buffalo is that big minus nine and a half point favorite. The total sitting at 44. All right, guys, Tiki, you're up first. Are you taking the points with the Jets or will the Bills cover? Vaughn Miller is out, so the pass rush is is dampened just a little bit. This Bills defense, as Rondé has alluded to multiple times over the last two or three weeks, has started to slide a little bit backwards. They're still elite against the run. I think they're top five against the run, but overall they've slidden down the line. There's no way I can take the Bills here. I have to take the Jets on the spread with nine points. They're too consistent defensively to get beat that badly. I mean, that's two scores in a division game. Even though it's on the road, I got to go with the Jets. I 100% agree. Just because it's too big for a good defense. Mm-hmm. Buffalo can offense can also go on pause sometimes, right? And we, you mentioned the, the dude already. Sauce Gardner versus Stefan Diggs is popcorn level entertainment value this weekend. <laughs> Turn it on just for that. Because we know what Stefan does. He's going to take this challenge and try to run with it. And he's going to realize that Sauce Gardner is really good. He's already seen him. But he knows that he is a really, really good football player. I'm with you. It, it's, it's too big. If this was like five, I might think about it. But you're five and a half or something, I might think about it. But nine and a half, no chance. All right. Both the Barbers are taking the New York Jets uh, and the nine and a half points. Uh, I love this game as a teaser. I feel very, very confident teasing the Buffalo Bills down to three and a half. You guys have mentioned it. I mean, the rookies on this New York Jets team are just killing it. I mean, Gardner and uh, Garrett Wilson is just becoming a playmaker. You got to give the Jets and their front office some credit for drafting these guys. They are just all over it right now. They will need those guys to make some big plays against the Bills. And Mike White will have to avoid throwing some picks as he turned the ball over in Minnesota, although one was at the end of the game. They're going to have to keep Josh Allen on the sidelines. 
I was one of those morons that sat through that entire Thursday night football game, maybe because you two picked the the Patriots and, and I had to make up some ground. So I went with the Bills. I saw a Bills offense that's slowly getting on track. They come back home well rested. It's a revenge game. I think that's a not a great combination for the Jets. Add the fact that they have home field advantage again, and they'll want to keep that. I got to make up some ground with you guys. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills again this week to cover and uh, try to make up some ground against the Barber brothers. Well, the NFL playoffs around the corner, but the college bowl season is here as well. Superbook's offering some crazy bonuses and promotions, including up to $1,000 sign-up match when you make a deposit and wager. Get in on all the weekly football point spread parlay bonuses. Check out Superbook.com for details and download the app today. All right. In what could have been a matchup between the two most handsome quarterbacks in NFL history, guys, is no more. Sorry, <laughs> ladies. Uh, Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo was like Armani versus Gucci. But now, is after Jimmy G suffered what is believed to be a season-ending foot injury, we get Brady versus Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy, who was the last pick in last year's NFL draft. Not to say Purdy isn't a fine-looking young man, but he is, guys, a seventh-round draft pick facing Tom Brady, who has seven Super Bowl rings. So here we are, the 45-year-old Super Bowl champion who just secured his 44th career come-from-behind win. That surpasses Peyton Manning for the most in NFL history. He tries to keep it rolling. The Bucs are now 6-6. Six and six but have the worst winning percentage against the spread. They have gone three, eight, and one. San Francisco, two games behind Minnesota for the second seed. They have gone seven and five against the spread. Great matchup between two division leaders set to battle. Opening odds from Superbook.com. San Francisco opened up as a four and a half point favorite. The point total, 39 points. Mm. Current odds. Money coming in on Tampa. San Francisco is now minus three and a half. And the total has gone down to 37. I guess yeah. I guess the odds makers are thinking this is going to be a defensive battle. San Francisco minus 180 on the money line. Tampa plus 160. All right. I love this. You guys get credit for this one. Saying, will the real TB12 please stand up <laughs> against another tough San Francisco defense who are really winning with that defense? But can they win with Mr. Irrelevant? Well, I'll tell you what. Brock Purdy is actually a pretty good-looking dude. He might be the younger version of of Tom Brady. In 15 years, if he's still starting at quarterback, people are going to say how handsome he is. Uh, I remember this show because of you, Rondé. Brock Purdy is a little bit of a baller, man. He was a Big 12 uh, uh, first team last year. He's got really quick delivery. He's extremely accurate, and he's not scared. I watched that Miami game uh, from last week, and when Garoppolo came out of the game, there was no drop in production. The offense changed a little bit. They went more under center, tried to run the ball a little bit more. But as the game progressed, because that game was closer than the score indicates, it was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, and Kyle Shanahan won two challenges that gave them the ball back that made that game spread out a little bit. Later in that game, they had to revert back to the offense they were running with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the dude handled it. The kid could play. Now, like, can he win a, a really important game for this team now? 
that's the question that you're going to be asking this week. It helps that he has a great running game in Christian McCaffrey, who's not being very productive, but is getting a ton of touches. And I know they're out Elijah Mitchell, but this kid Jordan Mason from Georgia Tech, again, a kid I've never heard of, put on that film. He looks like a runner, Tiki. He looks like he can play. Now, the question for me, though, personally, because I stayed up and watched that damn Monday night game that the Bucs found a way to win, this team is bad. But they are entertaining because they keep every game close somehow, largely because Tom Brady understands how to take over games when it matters. I feel like, I swear to God, I don't know if this happened, but I feel like he looked over at Byron and said, no more calls. I'll take care of this. And in two drives, <laughs> they went down or twice. Of course, they got some great stops from their defense. That was important. But when it mattered, Tom Brady was at his best because for 55 minutes, he was at his worst. And they looked like they were going to lose to a terrible Saints team. And yet now they find themselves sitting six and six, probably in control of the NFC South. I think Byron Leftwich has trapped himself in this space where he's trying to become a head coach by being too cute. They throw the ball entirely too much, and their run game is unimaginative. Inside zone, over and over and over and over and over and over again. No pulling guards, no outside zone, no traps, none of that stuff. And it's predictable, and it relies on a runner, whoever it is, to try to make something happen out of nothing. And therefore, you're stuck in second and third and longs. And Tom Brady, those dumb interceptions and he has to get rid of the ball because the offensive line just isn't quite good enough right now. So as I handicap the San Francisco team, which is the number one scoring defense, the number one defense, they have the number one sacker uh, in, in, in the NFL and Bosa, this team is going to give Tom Brady and this Buccaneers offense hell because they want to drop back and throw the ball 50 plus times a game. San Francisco has the edge here, mainly because Brock Purdy has so much talent around him. You know, George Kittle is not even scoring touchdowns right now, right? They got Brandon Ayuk, who mm-hmm. stepped up to another level. He's got six touchdowns, which leads the team. Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. And Chris McCaffrey, who Rondé's right, because there's so many other weapons. In Carolina, he was it. That was it. And now there's so many other weapons. He doesn't have to have the production. They can beat you in so many different ways, most importantly, with a great defense. So this is going to be probably – the biggest challenge that Tampa has had defensively in a long time, especially if they're going to want to drop back and throw it as many times as they have been these last few weeks. Two division leaders set to battle. Odds coming in from Superbook.com. The 49ers are a field goal and a half point favorites, and the total sitting at 37 total points. San Francisco minus 180 on the money line, and Tampa Bay plus 160. They are your bucks. You earned it watching that game. I mean, we pretty much, I watched that first drive, checked out for two and a half hours, and then came back and watched the the end of that game. But you're on the East Coast, Rondé and Tiki. You guys earned it, but they're your team. So, Rondé, uh, oh, no, who are you Rondé going with? Rondé earned it, crook. I turned it off after Tom Brady's in the uh, said, Honest this, man. I said, honest. this is gross. This yeah. is gross. <laughs> he almost threw an interception on the very first play of that drive. He dropped it. It was like right at the bottom. It could have been over, over. Look, I think this will be a close game. Maybe because Brock Purdy realizes at some point he's playing the best quarterback of all time to you know, <laughs> find ways to win close football games. I mean, it, it, put it this way. The Bucs don't deserve to have six wins this year, and they have six wins this year, and they're leading the NFC South. So I can't discount what this team is doing playing badly, still winning. 
That being said, this is the number one defense in football in San Francisco by a large margin. And for some reason, the offense in Tampa Bay is not clicking. So this game at three points feels about right because I don't think that San Francisco is going to be explosive. And we know that Tampa is not going to be explosive unless they go completely against their current runner form. So I think this is probably a three-point game. Three and a half is a pretty good take. I think it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be a last-second field goal decides this thing. Mm, so you're going with wow. Tampa. You're Tampa. I, look, I, I think that Purdy doesn't feel pressure. I think that he doesn't care about pressure. I think he eventually, with a full week of practice, is going to know how to utilize all of those talents. And by the way, the dude's a runner as well. And we didn't see a lot of that uh, this past weekend. But you go watch his college film at Iowa State. Give me a hole, I'm out. See ya. And guess who loves to do that? Why do you think they drafted Trey Lance? Right? (laughs) Kyle Shanahan likes to use the quarterback as a runner. So there's going to be some wrinkles that Tampa hasn't been ready for. I have to take San Francisco at home. Tampa's coming all the way across the uh, the, the, the country. Yeah. Uh, so give me the 49ers plus three and a half. Their defense is dominant, and I just love this Brock Purdy kid for whatever reason. I love rookies that get it. Other than Denver games, is this the lowest over-under of the year? It's definitely going over. Yeah, It's going over. It's, Tampa, it's Tampa's definitely terrible. one of the lowest. Tampa's Tampa's I mean, uh, points a game. They're twenty seventh in the in National Football League. They're going to score more than eighteen, and I believe that the Forty ers are scoring at least three touchdowns and probably a field goal or two in there as well. So I think this goes over if we're going to talk about. It. Yeah, and it's uh it's an explosion in Denver this week. Uh, the over under in their game against the Chiefs is at forty three, and that's probably because forty of those points are for the Chiefs, but. <laughs> Uh, we won't go there. We're, we're going to talk about a good game. Uh, you guys, I, I think you really, uh, your insight on this game was spot on. Uh, Tampa Bay's offense is struggling, but they're getting it done when they need to do it. What concerns me in this one is some of those offensive line injuries. Uh, Brady just, he hasn't hit a long ball in weeks that I can mm-hmm. remember. It just doesn't seem like the offense is in sync. Tiki, you hit the nail on the head. Traveling across country, short week to face that number one scoring defense. Nick Bosa leading the league, 14 and a half sacks. I think the 49ers dominate uh, the line of scrimmage in this game. And I think just Purdy just has to manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get crazy. Have Coach Shanahan get creative. And I think he'll outcoach Todd Bowles. I think the 49ers defense gets it done. Give me San Francisco in this one. All right, make sure you are following us on all social media platforms at Superbook Sports. No other wagering site is offering more original content than Superbook. Check out Superbook.com as we gear up for the college bowl season. The World Cup still going on, of course, and the NFL playoffs are coming. Final game matches up the team with the best record, guys, in the NFL with the team with the best record against the spread. It's a key NFC matchup when the 11 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles travel to the Big Apple to face those 7 4 and 1 New York Giants who have been struggling lately and have just one win in their past five. However, they're making betters happy. They've gone 9 and 3 against the spread, which is tied with the Cincinnati Bengals for the best covering percentage this year. All right, Eagles have a one-game lead over the Vikings for that number one seed, while the Giants are currently battling for a wild-card spot. New York has covered in three out of their last four, 
Well, the Eagles have not covered the spread in their last three road games. Superbook opened up the odds with the Eagles at six and a half being the favorite. Point total, 45 and a half points. Current line right now at Superbook.com. Eagles are a touchdown favorite, and the point total has gone, uh, stayed the same. Sorry, 45 and a half on the money line. The Eagles are minus 300, plus 250 comeback on the New York Giants. Guys, uh, the Eagles just keep rolling. I, I mean, probably the best team in the NFC, but are they the best team in the NFL? And in this matchup, how does that New York Giants offense keep up with the high-flying Eagles? Yeah, they are the best team in the NFL, and we can't even fake on it anymore. They don't turn the ball over. They only got three interceptions, and they turn the ball over defensively. They have 15, which leads the NFL. They're, they're second in sacks, team sacks. They got three guys who have at least five sacks on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Those guys can't catch 100 yards each from Jalen Hurts in the game. Wait, they just did it against the Titans. Got <laughs> that was their, crazy. Got Robinson, their general manager, fired. Uh, because they traded A.J. Brown this past offseason. Philly is just damn good. But the New York Giants, as I've been saying all season long, they're going to play you close. They're going to limit your possessions. They're going to capitalize on any mistake and keep the game tight. Now, the Giants are compromised. They don't have a super talented wide receiver. Darius Slayton is their best option. And while he's had a bunch of catches and some big ones this year, he tends to drop them. He's second in the league and drop passes. And that's what ultimately... Uh, led to the tie, which suck, last week against the Washington <laughs> Commanders. And then so on true. defense, they are literally trotting out practice squad cornerback, Zion Gilbert. Who? Exactly. He's the one who gave up every pass uh, to, the, the, to Tyler Gosh. Heineke and the Commanders last week that allowed that game to get tied. And so it's just who the Giants are. They're very flawed, but they play you tight to the vest. Uh, and if they get their running game back up and going, Saquon is a little bit uh, skittish with the offensive line. He's not trusting it. So you can see him rushing towards the line of scrimmage. I mean, not rushing literally, but like hurrying towards the line of scrimmage, which is screwing up some of his reads. Uh, if they get that back, they can play with anybody. But it's that's a big if. I feel like the Giants are just playing above their ability. They're just playing because they – they don't have a lot of it, put it that way. But they're coached so well, and they understand each other so well. Everybody knows their job so well that they're just able to play above their ability and stay in every single game. Now, the question in this one, who's going to stop Jalen Hurts? They give up 141 <laughs> yards rushing, the Giants do. That is not going to be a winning formula. I don't care how you look at it. People who watched this Philly game last week against the Titans are probably saying Jalen Hurts is the MVP. And they are probably correct because Jalen Hurts is amazing. And I just saw the highlights and was completely blown away because, first of all, we knew that the defense only needed to do one thing, stop Derrick Henry. They did that and dominated. And then offense just needed to, you know, do a little bit, and they did a whole lot. And it's, it's really becoming evident that the best team in football is the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't, you just can't deny it anymore. Um, and there's, it's because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts legitimately might be one of the most entertaining kind of underestimated uh, players in the history of football. At the beginning of the year, nobody thought he was going to be this. You, you couldn't have told me this. And now you look at what he is, and it's it's amazing that he's become this. I mean, probably other than Josh Allen a couple years ago, right? 
The Giants ranked yeah, 26. Josh Allen was a, was a high first-round draft pick. Jaylen Good point. Hurts was Good point. Second round afterthought. And Good the thing point. is, Rondé, he's still developing. Yeah. He's, not he's still not all the way there. He hasn't hit a ceiling yet. Yeah, he's still not all the way there. I look at this game and I say the Giants are 22nd on offense, 22nd on defense. I just don't think they have enough because of that team over there is so good. Did you did you take the train to Philly? Did y'all used to take yeah. the train to Philly? Uh, no, we would take the bus to Philly. You take oh, the bus to Philly. How long was that? It's only like two hours. We take the bus to Philly, take the train to BC. All right. Okay. So this bus ride is All gonna aboard. be it's gonna feel pretty good going there. It's gonna feel really bad going back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a little tease. I think we might know where he's going. Uh, I love it. I was just looking at Superbook.com's. Uh, the odds to win the MVP right now have gotten so close. Jalen Hurts is a plus 110, second uh, yep. shortest odds to Patrick Mahomes, who is minus 120. And Joe Burrow hanging in there, just uh, creeping around at six to one. But you guys, I mean, we talked about it early on. If you jumped on the the Jalen Hurts bandwagon early, you could uh, you could cash in as he has just had an incredible season. And uh, I'm glad you said, Rondé, that not everyone was on board with him because you know why my fantasy football team is not going to the playoffs because I took Tom Brady over Jalen Hurts. So <laughs> just just saying, not that anyone cares. Here are the current odds for this matchup in the NFC East. Eagles touchdown favorite, point total sitting at 45 and a half points. All right, we're going to go back to Tiki. Are you going with your New York Giants to cover again, or do the Eagles keep rolling? I'm going to trust history. The Giants are going to cover. Give me them plus seven. Let's not forget and we haven't talked about him in a bit, but Daniel Jones is turning into that dude for the New York Giants. He completed over 80% of his passes last weekend. It should have been more if Darius Slayton holds on to that 55-yard bomb that he dropped or 40-yard bomb that he dropped uh, right before overtime, and he ran for 71 yards. You're starting to see Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator, finally use him to take pressure off of Saquon Barkley in this run game, and it makes you defend another skill position player. So I'm not saying they're winning. I'm not looking at this game on the money line at all. But the Giants have played a certain style all season long to keep games close. And I think they do the same thing against their hated rival. And they're doing it at home. If it was on the road, maybe it'd be a little bit of a different conversation. But this is at home. And Giants fans have been raucous and, and support super supportive this year. Well, they should be because they're overachieving so much. It's a, actually pretty fun to watch Giants fans be engaged because for years that stadium was crickets, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just crickets. Uh, I'll say this about Daniel Jones. The offenses are very similar in the way that they use their quarterbacks, actually. Nobody's really saying that because nobody puts Daniel Jones in a category of a Jalen Hurts. But... I think that offensive Philly is just way more dynamic. They have way better skilled positions on the outside. They have a better offensive line. And I just don't think that the New York Giants defense is anywhere close to the Philadelphia Eagles defense. So seven points seems like a little. <laughs> I'm going to go with Philly to cover this. I know I'm never really a Philly guy, but this feels like a defining moment for them. They got three straight road games to start the last five games of the year. And I think they get off to a big start with this one. Defining moment for you too, picking Philadelphia. That's crazy. 
I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> and, you know, we call each other's homers, but when Tiki, you've been on fire with the Giants. I mean, you were the only one that took them on Thanksgiving Day and uh, and getting that cover. So props to you uh, getting it done with the Giants. I've gone back and forth with this one. Huge game for the Giants, you know, playoff hopes on the line as they really begin a brutal stretch of their schedule, having to play the Eagles twice in a five-game span. Phillies dominated this series, winning nine of the past 11. Uh, and then these two teams will meet again on the final week of this season. The Giants need it more, but it's exactly what, Rondé, you just said that I keep going back to. The run defense is struggling. Uh, allowed 165 yards uh, on the ground to Washington. And what Jalen Hurts is doing now I, and those running backs, I think they'll pound that rock. I think New York will keep it close, but I think at the end, Philly will cover that spread. So give me the Eagles in that one. All right. Time now for a new segment on betting with the Barbers as we break down three teams in three sports, their future odds, according to Superbook.com, of course, and if those odds are justified, guys. All right. Welcome to the first edition of do they deserve it? And we are going to begin with the college football four-team playoff. Despite losing for the first time this season to Rondé Barber's Kansas State Wildcats in the Big 12 Championship, the TCU Horn Frogs were still selected to the four-team playoff. At number three, they'll face off against number two, Michigan. TCU has the longest odds to win the national championship, guys according to superbook.com at 18 to one. So do they deserve those odds? And, and really, I want to get your take too. Do they really deserve to be in the playoff? Tiki? I think they deserve to be there. They lost a tight game against Kansas state who played above where they've been all season long. And it just felt like after watching that big 12 championship game, I want to see Max Tugan play some more. That kid took every hit, every ounce of it. And he literally was exhausted when he scored the game-tying touchdown, uh, what, what ultimately became the game-tying touchdown. It was exhausting, exhaustion. And so I want to see him play. So did they deserve it? Yes. They lost a conference championship game against a hated rival by uh, in overtime by a field goal. So I absolutely believe they deserve it. Different than USC, who got their doors blown off as you predicted, Ron, and different from Clemson, who got destroyed. And absolutely, they deserve to be in this conversation. Now, can they match up against Michigan? I don't know. Uh, they lost Blake Quorum for the year. He opted for knee surgery. I called the Big Ten Championship game. J.J. McCarthy is going to be a stud. That kid throws on the run better than any quarterback I've seen in the last five or six years, and he's fearless. So I, I like Michigan in this game, but... TCU definitely belongs there. All right, Rhonda, you were there. You, you've seen this team uh, on the sidelines. You've seen them in person. Do they deserve those long shots at 18-1 to 1 to win the national championship and Absolutely. to be in those playoffs? Absolutely, they deserve to be there. And I'm glad they left them at three and didn't slide them back to four. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we see that stupid-ass rematch between Michigan and Ohio State. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see that. No. But, look, TCU lost, TCU lost to a Kansas team, Tiki, and I'll correct you here, that was not playing above themselves. They changed quarterbacks to Will Howard, and all of a sudden they beat three top-ten teams 
they're the number nine ranked team in the country. Don't discount that when you think about who TCU lost to in their championship game. They played a damn good football team that has great defense and a really developing offense. So, it, and, and they beat them once or early in the year. TCU was down at Kansas State 28 to 10 earlier in the year and came back and beat them, right? It shows you what kind of game it was going to be to begin with. And yet they still almost won that game anyways, after being down a lot again in the championship game. So the way they played and the fact that they only have one loss above these teams that have two, three losses now, absolutely they deserve to be there. And again, if they would have placed them in, in anywhere else, I think it would have been a travesty. They didn't deserve to go below Ohio State who jumped back in after losing a very, very good game. You're right, Tiki. That quarterback's amazing, dude. He is unbelievable watching him play. But they, they're in the right place. And I think, you know, ultimately they earn the right to go get thrashed by Michigan. I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I was so glad one of those two lost teams didn't slip in there. They did it right. As you look at the odds going into this, there's been some sharp money coming in on TCU for that game against Michigan. It opened at minus nine. It's down to minus eight. I think there are still some people that think TCU is being disrespected. We'll see if they can get a, a go on a run, but 18 to one odds sounds about right to me as, as well. Georgia has the shortest odds to win the national championship and repeat minus 120. Michigan comes in at plus 290 and Ohio State uh, has four to one odds to win the national championship. All right, next, do they deserve it? The San Francisco 49ers, they were sitting at six to one odds to win the Super Bowl. But now that Brock Purdy has taken over and is leading the offense, they have gone to 10 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Do they deserve those odds, Rondé? I think they deserve, those odds seem just about right. Because I think we mentioned, and we both love Brock Purdy uh, as, a, as a player. He's a little bit of a baller. I don't know that he can be as mistake-free as Jimmy G has been, though. Mm. That, that was the one thing that made Jimmy G so, uh, I think, valuable to this football team. They're not having an explosive offense. They don't have, you know, they're not a top-ranked offense. But he only had four interceptions on the year. He had 16 touchdowns. He can move out of the pocket. With all these things that Brock Purdy can do, I just don't think that he's going to be as effective. Brock Purdy gives the ball away. If there's one thing he does poorly, he gives the ball away. He completed 72% of his passes, I think, in college last year. We also had like 19, inter or 19 interceptions, I think, or something something along those lines. Um, so where their odds are are probably right. They should be less than, than they were uh, when, when Jimmy G was there. We know what their defense is going to do. But at the end of the day, this is not going to be the same team that it was under Jimmy G. I don't care how much we like or how pretty we think Brock Purdy is. He's, uh, he's Just not you. He's not no, the same I, player as the guy that got hurt. I, I only slightly disagree. I think there are the turnover issues are um, something you have to worry about. But this is any young quarterback. The speed is just different. The game, is it, it's just different on the NFL level, no matter how confident you are. Uh, I think that can be mitigated if Kyle Shanahan uses him and uses his legs, his athletic ability a little bit more and instructs him not to try to make risky passes, just go get three yards or 30. All right. So I think that's different. But I think these odds are long. I think they should be shorter, to be honest with you, because their defense is unbelievable. I mean, they travel and defense travels and uh, they get after the opposing team's quarterback. I mean, they're number one in all almost all categories. So 
if I if 10 to 1, yes, give me that on San Francisco right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I I you know, our guys in the desert, Jay Cornegay and and John Murray are always right on it, but I thought they would be uh tighter odds, maybe mm-hmm. around 8 to 1. I love the 10 to 1 odds. You you've seen defenses win championships and that's what they're banking on, but Tiki, you mentioned it earlier, all those playmakers on that offense if Purdy can just manage the offense and Shanahan get his other guys involved and get creative, I love those odds at 10 to one. Uh, only four teams ahead of them with shorter odds. Buffalo still the favorite to win the Super Bowl at three to one. Kansas City right behind them at four to one. Philly nine to two. And Dallas now at seven to one. All right. I know you've been waiting for it, guys, and you've been very patient, and I appreciate that but more big-time upsets in the World Cup as oh. Morocco Morocco wow. moves into the quarterfinals after a 3-0. to nil. See, I got it. I wouldn't have got that three weeks ago. 3-0 to nil penalty shootout win over Spain. Guys, Morocco, they have 30-1 to one odds to win it all, tied with Croatia for the longest odds. We'll start with Tiki. Do they deserve it? Well, they have a great goalie and and Bono who stopped all three of the penalty shots he had uh, in this in the World Cup shootout. It went into PKs after 30 minutes of extra time. Um, but interestingly, so did Croatia. Uh, they went into a, a penalty kick after uh, 30 minutes of extra time, and in that one, Dominic Lik, uh, Likovic was unreal against Japan. Now Japan was very light footed. And their penalty kicks. And so I don't want to say they were easy, but he stopped three or four of them. Um, I, they are real long shots because the teams that are left, Argentina with Messi, England and France with Mbappe, uh, actually the other way around, Harry Kane and Mbappe respectively as their number nines. And you throw in Portugal, uh, who has been <laughs> unreal once they sat Ronaldo down. Ramos, I forget his first name. That kid has a hat trick with Ronaldo on the bench. I don't like Morocco. I love the story. I love the idea of them. And I love their goalie, but uh, they this is going to be a tough sled for them. Yes, they get in the Paneka. Do you know what that is, Ron? Do you know what that is? The goal. I, I, I oh no, I did not. But I'm writing it down. Go <laughs> on. <laughs> it's the last one that it was the last one that mattered. And he kicked it right at the goal kick keeper, and he didn't. Uh, oh, and he you and can't he, do oh, that. It's it's a famous move, right? Their odds at thirty to one, they probably should be longer. They play Portugal in the next round, in the round of eight, and the guy you're talking about, Tiki, is Goncalo Ramos. No, Goncalo, Goncalo. Wow. Yes, who who just uh, uh, Ramos. Ronaldo and scored a, a hat trick in his first World Cup. And you know, not to mention they have Bruno Fernandez pulling the strings in the midfield. They're gonna they're gonna lose this first game. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. You can take the odds if you want to, and even if they find a way, because Portugal just smashed Switzerland six to one. Yeah. Even if they win that game, they get to go against either England or France, who <laughs> scored the most goals in the World Cup. England and France, who was the World Cup defending champions from four years ago. So if they get past them, then they can think about Argentina and Brazil and on the other side of the bracket. So the reality is you can bet all you want. They're a feel-good story. But, dude, 30 to 1, there's no way. They're not going to make it to the semi. It line. needs to be 100 to 1. That's <laughs> what I was just going to yes. say. I was going to say 80 to 1, but if Tiki says 100, I'm I'm not doubting him. I'm going with him. 
The uh, current odds to win the World Cup, according to Superbook.com, Brazil plus 175, shortest odds, France four to one. Rondes, Argentina is sitting at five to one, and England is six to one. And just like that, we close with World Cup and another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. As always, we appreciate your support and ask you to take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Betting with the Barbers is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and of course at Superbook.com. All right, Thursday night football, guys, uh, matches up the Raiders going to L.A. to take on the Rams. Any final words uh, before Thursday night kickoff? Mm. Good luck, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keeps rotating. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. The, the NFL has got themselves a doozy of a season here, man. It is unpredictable. It's actually kind of fun because uh, it's lower scoring. And, you know, it doesn't matter who plays who. There's things that happen week in and week out. Like, for instance, the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings going to the Detroit Lions as two and a half. Crazy. <laughs> Tiki, you got anything for us as we wrap up? Um, no more ties, Giants. <laughs> hey you know what, you uh, know what the, NFL, it, the nfl needs its own version of penalty kicks that's what yeah. they need oh i like that let's work on that fellas uh if only our viewers and and listeners could have seen tiki's uh text messages as that tie came in but we're this is a uh family friendly show we're gonna keep it clean all right guys well done as always uh for my partners tiki and ronde barber i'm ron crook make sure you follow us on social media at tiki barber at ronde barber at r crook and of course at superbook sports enjoy the games you've been locked into the betting with a barbers podcast Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins' weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. network.